Grab a cup of coffee, a notepad and a pen. Coffee's for closers only. It's time to talk marketing. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Each week, we bring you some of the best marketing conversations with entrepreneurs who are outthinking, outperforming, and out-earning their competition. No frills, no fluff. And now your host, Jonathan Taylor. All right, welcome back to the show this week. I'm your host, Jonathan Taylor. Today, we're going to be talking about podcast advertising, podcast sponsorships. And if you're a business owner, if you run a business, if you're an entrepreneur, a lot of people want to know if it makes sense for them to uh, really spend advertising dollars on podcasts. You know, there's so many podcasts out there today. Uh, you just go, you know, hit iTunes and you can see just thousands of podcasts available. So I've got a great guest today to uh, to share, Glenn Rubenstein. He is the founder of Adopter Media, a full service podcast advertising agency. And uh, prior to its founder, Glenn spent four years with the Twit Network. I'm very familiar with Twit. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar as well. Uh, there, he was the director of marketing. He is the author of the upcoming book, Podcast Advertising Works, How to Turn Engaged Audiences into Loyal Customers. Fascinating title. And uh, I'll be definitely picking up a copy of that book. And we're going to be talking about that today. Glenn, thanks so much for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's um, fascinating. You know, we talk about, you know, I've had guests many guests in the past talking about podcasting and how you, um, you know, what from, uh, from their standpoint, from their perspective as a podcaster, you know, how they build revenue. We're all familiar with that. My take is I like to get kind of the opposite and you as someone who's kind of, who's kind of in the thick of as an advertising agency, you're out there connecting businesses with the right podcast out there that makes sense. And you're looking at the numbers and everything. I wanted to get somebody with from my perspective of saying, yeah, your business for your business, this does make sense to put your message out on this podcast. And it does make sense as opposed to traditional advertising or whether it's pay-per-click or all of this other stuff or in addition to it makes sense. It makes sense to get your message out on this podcast based on the numbers, based on the niche, based on the target audience. And uh, I, I see that more and more companies out there are investing in podcast sponsorships or advertising. So I'm really glad to have you on the show to kind of offer your perspective. No, glad to be here. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there's been just a huge explosion of interest in podcast advertising. Uh, the business is estimated to be worth about $60 million in ad spending this year. And uh, it's only going to get bigger as, as we keep going forward. Why do you think that is? I mean, let's think about this podcast. There's just been an explosion. Now we know, I mean, we've been in, you know, as far as you know, podcasts are nothing new. We, we've we seen podcasts that, uh, I mean, I first learned about podcasts back in the, I guess, early 2000s. I mean, I was like 2003 or something like that. It was when I think I first heard the term podcast. But yet there is this explosion of, of people that are tuning into podcasts. And you look at millennials, especially, man, they are just tuned into, forget traditional radio. These guys are really tuned into podcasts. What do you think that is from an advertising perspective or somebody that's been in the media? What do you attribute that to? 
Well, one is that the process of downloading uh, or streaming and listening to a podcast is becoming more and more seamless. There's you know fewer steps involved. It's easier to uh, compile and collate you know your own collection of podcasts that you right. want to listen to. Uh, but even more so than that, we're finding that look at the where the trends are going with TV, with radio, um, you know, the way things are moving to online consumption with Netflix. We're really entering the age of on demand, personalized media yep. where it's no longer about just trying to find something to watch based on what few choices you have on broadcast or cable TV, uh, relatively few choices. Now you have a world of options and yep. you can seek out the, whether it's the TV shows uh, on Netflix or Hulu or podcasts, you can seek out the media that really speaks to you and connect with exactly what fits your tastes. And as that keeps that that need and uh, the ease of access keeps growing. We're seeing podcasts become a huge part of that. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's on demand audio. That, yeah. That's what podcasts are. Yeah, I think that's you nailed it dead on. I mean, Netflix, uh, all of this on demand uh, media that people are so used to, so accustomed now to being able to. I rarely, I don't know about you, but I rarely sit down in front of the TV, you know, unless it's something that I'm really interested in because you've got the availability of Netflix, you've got the availability of, you know, Amazon Prime, and then all of these other independent outlets that are on demand and then you got podcasting which people can just simply tune into what their interest is now you've got and i'll add another thing in there probably that's a big part of that you're seeing that you know vehicles today people that drive you know cars that are are now equipped with a means of listening tuning into podcasts without just your smartphone you got stitcher radio and things that are becoming available so the technology spreading so that it's so easy to access and pull up one of your favorite shows while you're traveling, while you're driving, you know, instead of just being on your smartphone. Yeah. And I mean, remember 10 years ago what it was like. I mean, that's really what was holding <laughs> yeah, right. podcasts back was this idea that you had to download something, hook it up um, using a very slow, uh, well, 10 years ago, probably, you know, still largely USB one, maybe USB two connectors and uh, sit there and wait to sync what you downloaded right. to your iPod or MP3 player before you could leave the house. Yeah. Um, and I just remember road trips, workouts, everything was a delay because it was, <laughs> I have to update my playlist. I have to put a new podcast yeah. on. And now I think about it. I go to iTunes. I go to Stitcher. Boom. I hit the button and it starts downloading or streaming immediately. Absolutely. Which is, uh, you know, it's you can't really uh, just undervalue how much smartphones have added to. I yeah, mean, that, that's, that's what broke the barrier yep. for podcasts. And, you know, that's really what was holding it back. So it's not that podcasts necessarily went away. I think they were just more under the radar and niche before smartphones yep. allowed them to become more accessible. Now you don't have to be tethered to that computer you know that laptop yeah. or that desktop you really just i mean as long as you got your smartphone in your pocket you pull it out and uh you look for your show uh subscribe to it and that's it <laughs> you just get it downloaded each week Absolutely. And so when you look at why podcast advertising is so effective, um, there are really three factors of engagement. And that is the first one is that podcasts are actively consumed rather than being passively consumed like much of television and radio is. You know, with with radio, you put the radio on and maybe when an ad comes on, you flip the station. You know, you're not necessarily paying that close of attention a sure. lot of the time. It's just sort of background noise. With TV, it's the same. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of sort of they're, they're not guilty pleasure shows. 
shows. They're just shows that I will watch if nothing else is on. Right. And, uh, you know, I just have it on in the background. So that's that's more passive consumption, whereas active consumption is I'm actively making a choice to listen to this. And with podcasts, th there's no passive consumption of podcasts. Um, the second factor is that the podcast ads are often native to the content, mm -hmm. which means that they feel like the rest of the show, even though they're still labeled as an ad. Right. And that's huge. Um, there's nothing more jarring than the idea of, hey, I know you're watching this, but now we're going to completely change up styles, change up tones and play this ad. Um, <laughs> right. You know, that's that's a real break from the flow of your listening or watching experience. So with podcasts, you're getting that native transition. And third is that the ads are compelling because of the connection that the listeners have with the hosts. If you listen to a podcast on a regular basis, you consider that host a trusted source. They're like a friend. They're like a teacher. They're someone whose opinion you value. And if they're excited about a product or service, chances are that you're going to be excited about it as well. That's a good point. Uh, I think people do, like you said, people trust uh, over time, a person's voice, they listen to it and there's a trust factor over time, especially someone that's built a lot of content. They have a following and they're putting out content on a regular basis. Uh, I think you're right. People do trust you. You build that uh, tribe, so to speak, and they do trust what you, uh, what you, what you say, you know, and, and you, of course you can't violate that trust, but you know, and that's what we'll be talking about that. You've got to, um, you got to be, uh, someone as a podcaster that's really promoting something that you believe in. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I, I have my book uh, that's about to come out. It probably will be out by the time people are listening to this podcast. And at the end, I'll tell people how they can get a copy for free. But I have a chapter in there called The Audience Must Always Win. And I had to cut this down and cut it back because everyone I showed it to was like, you're really going off on a rant. It's a little holier than thou. Like you just <laughs> go on and on and on. But that's the point and it's the thing I'm most passionate about with this is that podcast advertising is about creating win-win-win situations. You want a win for the advertiser, absolutely. You want a win for the podcast because that means they can keep doing the show. Correct. But most importantly, you want to provide a win for the audience because if they have a bad experience, you have just destroyed that podcast's credibility and connection with its audience. And not to be cynical, not to be jaded, but what you're really buying when you're buying a podcast ad is you're buying a share of that connection that the host has with its audience. And if you violate that, you're doing everyone a disservice and nothing good can come of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, uh, say, for instance, uh, let's look at this from the perspective of the business owner who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of experience working with uh, podcast. Now, you've mentioned some of the um, some of the advantages, and those are fantastic in terms of traditional advertising. How does somebody get started? You know, if I have a um, you know if I have an IT consulting firm and I want to advertise on a podcast, what are the steps that I need to take in order to get my message out? And what are the step? How do I look for the right fit? And how do I look for a podcast that's got the right numbers that I need to be in front of? Well, so there are a number of things that you can do. Right now, it's very easy if you just want to put in the legwork and due diligence to go online and and try and find podcasts that either are fit for your product or service based on the show's content or the show's demographics. You know, who does the show reach? Now, when it comes to demographics, your mileage may vary there because a lot of the smaller podcasts don't really have um, up-to-date surveys that give 
give you a lot of demographic info. But one thing that's fantastic is you can look at a show's subject matter as almost a screening criteria. So for instance, you mentioned uh, IT consulting. If you're looking for small business owners, you're going to want to check out the entrepreneur space. You're going to want to listen to a host of podcasts there. And one thing that I recommend to people is to follow a leader follow the lead of others. They've, they've already done a lot of the legwork for you. So one easy thing you can do, and this is great because podcasts, you know, all of this data is publicly available, is listen to podcasts, see who the advertisers are. If an advertiser is there month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year, chances are it's working for them. Figure out, and I use this, this I come back to the story all the time, but I once read that a major sandwich chain doesn't really do any market research when deciding where to open a new location. Instead, they look to where a popular coffee chain has opened multiple locations Ah, within the same neighborhood and they go there. So figure out comparable products and services, and it doesn't have to be exact. These don't have to be competitors, but figure out comparable products and services that have enough of a shared audience overlap. Look where they're advertising And if they have those consistent ad placements, that will tell you that it's working. One thing I can tell you about this business is that advertisers aren't really big on sharing details of their success. Um, And part of that, I think, is because we're still at a stage where they consider it somewhat of a, you know, a secret. It's kind of their edge. Um, And aside from that, it is, you know, confidential business data they don't necessarily want to put out there. But I can tell you that this is a very ROI-driven medium. And if a podcast isn't performing, I have never seen an advertiser say, oh yeah, let's buy more of that. Right. They come back where they're getting results. And every time you hear a podcast ad, you know, podcasts are largely a direct response medium. So when you hear those URLs, when you hear those offer codes, that's how advertisers are figuring out which podcasts are working for them. Sure. Um, and so, you know, people can do this legwork on their own for their own business. Uh, part of the reason I started this agency and what I spend a lot of my time doing is that companies want a trusted source to work with. They want to work with experts that already know a lot of this information or know how to do this legwork effectively because right now, you know, a lot of companies just feel lost when they start researching this on their own and jumping into it. And part of the reason I wrote this book is because I'm having the same conversations over and over again. And people were telling me there needs to be a guide, something they can just digest. And, uh, you know, it's a quick read. It's like 70 pages, but you can read this and just get a complete background enough to where if you want to do this on your own, it's going to give you just a clear roadmap of how to go about finding the right podcast, selecting the right podcast and doing your first ad campaign to make sure that, you know, you have the best chance possible of it succeeding. Now, in terms of um, in terms of pricing, and I know that varies, um, but let's let's touch on that. Yeah. What what in terms of be, me being a, a a business owner or a company can I expect uh, to pay in terms of on a monthly basis? On a is it typically by a month or is it by episode? Uh, is that by uh, number of downloads and what kind of, how does that work? Is it typically a one-time deal or do a lot of companies that you see or work with, are they going with maybe a contract, maybe a six month contract to test? Because it's really hard from my perspective as a podcaster to say, to bring somebody on board who wants to advertise on one episode and really say, determine whether this is working or not, because Uh, you really need some, like any type of advertising, whether it's print media or anything, you really need some time to really see, 
over time if it's working, if it's effective or not. So I, I rarely tell people if they're interested in advertising on a podcast show that I have, I like to set it up for a contract to run it over time because I can, you know, then we can look at the data over time as opposed to just, you know, I want to do one episode and that's it. Yeah, a lot of advertisers are looking to get into this with the minimum risk and investment possible. And what I don't think they understand is that if you want to advertise on a quality podcast, especially one that already has a track record um, and relationships with existing advertisers, they're going to expect you to have some skin in the game, whether that's a right. minimum number of episodes you're committing to right. or minimum dollar amount. The idea is, you know, what I said earlier about that you're essentially buying a share of that connection. Hosts and podcasts are very mindful that if they turn around and are doing different ads with every episode, that it's really going to dilute the value Absolutely. Of, of those sponsorships. So I try and navigate a happy, you know, navigate a path towards a happy medium between an advertiser wanting to do a minimal test and a podcaster wanting to get the maximum possible initial commitment and try and find a happy in between that makes it feel that the advertiser knows that, okay, you're maybe not going to see the maximum benefits. Sure of this in only doing maybe three episodes, maybe five episodes. Um, but we're going to move the needle enough that you're going to understand why you should make a more significant investment in this podcast mm -hmm. and in this medium. Um, so you're, so with pricing, um, it is based on the number of downloads and then it's based on, and pardon me, the number of consistent average downloads. And what I mean by that is that with the majority of podcasts, you're prepaying the ads in advance and that pricing is based upon, okay, here are the minimum number of downloads or streams that the show gets on a consistent basis that each episode gets. So if you're telling me you get 10,000 listens per episode minimum, that's what we're pricing it at times, you know, 10, taking 10 of the thousand, multiplying that by your CPM. Um, the CPMs vary greatly depending on the show and subject matter. Mm -hmm. I found that more broad audience shows um, tend to have less value in the CPM as is factored in that maybe there you're seeing more akin to a 10 to $20 CPM. Uh, but the more niche that you get, the more specific you get in terms of the audience, then you're paying a premium because you're reading reaching exactly that that demographic. Yeah. Um, think of them, you know, it's as qualified leads. So I can give you a good, good example that we work with the software engineering podcast. And, you know, I, I won't say the exact number, but it has a, a very high CPM. And the reason why is that 100% of its audience are software engineers. You know, this is yeah. hardcore information that they're talking about. Nope. Like if you were to listen to this show and you're not a software engineer, it's the way that, you know, uh, my dog must feel when watching humans speak. Um, <laughs> right. Because it's just, it's so hardcore. And with that, you know, you're going to pay a premium CPM if that's the audience that you want to reach. And what a lot of advertisers don't understand, especially if they come from doing cost per click um, or doing, you know, digital banner impressions or these cheaper forms of media, is that this is a about you're making a very clear connection with a very specific audience and you're going to pay a premium for that. But here's the good news. Don't go into this thinking, Hey, I'm used to paying a $4 CPM for banners and that converts at 0.000001%. Um, so I'm not going to spend $20, you know, a CPM on podcasts right. if it's going to convert that low. No, a podcast ad should be converting half percent, 1%, even higher. I mean, it's going to perform higher than other forms of media because you're getting a richer, more compelling ad and a better connection with the host and the audience. Yeah, that makes perfect sense.
And I'll give you another example. We were talking before the uh, before the show. I've got a niche podcast in a specific uh, in the manufacturing industry. It targets. Um, it's actually composite manufacturing. It's a, it's a specific industry. I have a background in that, and so I know that a lot of the people that tune into that. Well, everybody that tunes into that podcast. There's no way you subscribe to a podcast if you're not in some way linked to the industry. And so it only makes sense. So while that show doesn't show the numbers of, say, this show, my uh, the BIB podcast, nowhere close, but I get better sponsorships or easier sponsorships with that show. And right now we have about four sponsors on the show um, that are have been consistent. That one's much easier to sell because of the niche market and the fact that th- this is one of the few, if not the only podcast in that industry. People are looking that in terms of a platform and seeing this is really kind of a new medium and are, and those numbers are growing and they're seeing, wow, you know, this makes sense. I mean, they're already spending, these are guys that are already spending money on banner ads and things like that. And um, if you look from a standpoint, like you mentioned earlier, from a cost standpoint, you're, you've got a better return on investment on this, this platform than, than you do on the banner advertising and some of the other traditional print advertising. Yeah. And, and the key is really, if you're making the right decisions about working with the right podcasts, you know, you're giving yourself a very, very clear advantage going into it. That's likely going to end up in this being a, a massive success for you. Uh, and be, you know, because what you're doing is you're not just buying ads, you're building partnerships. And one thing that podcast ads offer that no other media offers is you're getting very valuable feedback and input from the podcast hosts Mm -hmm. in how to advertise to their audience. You know, I mean, you know your audience well. So if I want to advertise on your podcast, I'm going to send you over, hey, here's some ideas for talking points. Here's some ideas for copy. What do you think? You know, take a look at the website. Are there any features that we should be calling out in this? How should we be personalizing this and customizing it? You know, we want you to use the product and service. You know, is there a story you can tell? Is there a way that you can really make this dynamic? And you're not getting that from just purchasing a pre-produced spot on sure. TV or radio. Right. Absolutely. Now let's talk about uh, tracking. How do, how do companies, how are we tracking what, uh, what a podcast is doing for our business? And uh, I think that goes with understanding that you've got to, um, you know, the purpose of the podcast is not just to send them to your website. It's to really, you've got to have a call to action, so to speak, and something that they need to do. I mean, that's really the only way we're able to track that. I mean, you're wasting money if you're just simply sending them to your website uh, to find out more about your business, your services, and your products. Well, so that's interesting. I mean, there's there's this almost aspirational goal at this point where podcasting as an industry wants to get more into doing brand advertising, which is you know what what you're talking about. That's what you see. Uh, the majority of ads that you see in other media are just that you're using ads to raise awareness um, and make people familiar, build trust, et cetera, et cetera. But in podcasting, because it's direct response, you want to create a compelling offer, sure. not just the, you know, uh, this offer is only good for 72 hours. You know, you don't want to get cheesy with it. But what you want to do is figure out something that's a compelling 
call to action, whether it's that you're giving people a discount, a free trial, you want to give them some sort of enticement or incentive because that's going to make them much more likely to remember which podcast they heard it on to make sure that they're using that URL or that offer code. So that way you have a way to track how effective it is for you. And uh, one mistake that I've found is that a lot of advertisers will have this idea that, well, we'll do this offer for the podcast audience, but we have this other better offer that's out there. Or maybe we'll give one podcast a 60 day free trial, but for the other ones, we'll give a 30 day free trial. Right. And that's a huge mistake. Um, your podcast offer needs to match the best offer that you have out there. And the reason why is podcast audiences are largely tech savvy. Um, and, and what they're going to do is Google to see what the best offer is before they try something. So if you're advertising, um, you know, on this podcast, but then there's another podcast with a better offer out mm. there and you can find that just with a quick Google search, that's the promo or offer code you're going to use, right. not where you heard it. So you want to do everything possible to, to ensure that the audience is remembering that offer code or URL. And, uh, it's funny, you know, when we talk about how to make that effective, I have one chapter in the book that is on the reason why some podcast advertising campaigns fail. And one reason, in addition to that competing offer is that you have some companies that do not have the most audio, uh, friendly names in the sense that if you, you know, in the internet age, you know, starting with web 2.0, we saw misspelling, we saw sort of ways people got very clever with naming their companies. And my rule of thumb is that if your company name, uh, you know, if, if I have to spell it out when I'm saying your company name, um, it better be seven letters or less because you're just really going to confuse people if you're giving them, you know, one of these funky spellings where you're dropping vowels or, you know, oh, using, yeah. um, you know, like, uh, 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 two R's instead of an ER, you want to <laughs> make sure. So it's very clear and easy to understand right. where you're driving people to, because it's an audio medium. Right. And uh, with one company, you know, I told them, I said, hey, let's set up a shortcut URL. Um, you know, let's let's buy this custom other domain that is just very easily said and understood so we can drive traffic that way. You know, and that's that the makes idea. sense. That, yeah, that makes sense. It, yeah. So so you're still sending that it's more or less you're redirecting them to that to whatever their name is, if they've got kind of an awkward spelling name but you're using something that people is, I mean, most people can easily remember like a clever phrase or something like that. Yeah. And, and you know, in terms of why campaigns sometimes underperform or, or don't perform well, another thing, and we, you talked about this earlier in terms of that, you know, credibility and trust and doing something that's really an audience friendly uh, product or service is that you want to be very upfront with the audience. You know, if you have shipping charges, um, if there's some sort of surcharge on your product, you want to make sure that you're disclosing that in the ad. So it's not just, hey, it's only $19.99, um, but you're not, you know, and, and I point to this just because, you know, there are some companies out there. Uh, especially around the holidays, the, whether they do flowers or gift baskets or things like that, it sounds like it's really cheap, but then the audience gets to that last step in the checkout process and sees this huge shipping charge. And then, you know, the sponsor wonders why it doesn't convert that well. You want to be really upfront and audience friendly in these offers and the way that you're presenting them. Um, another thing is that, you know, you don't want to bombard people with going to a website where the first thing that you have to do, you know, there's a pop-up and it's like, you have to enter your email just to browse the 
the website. Um, I spend a lot of time educating sponsors about, you know, hey, I know these things work for you uh, as a whole in your other cheaper mediums of advertising, but we have to be super audience friendly here, you know, and uh, same thing with customer service and support. This idea that if, you know, they're going to be able to handle if anything goes wrong, that again, the audience must always win. That's right. that's the number one way to ensure that that you delivered, you know, good results is that you're you're building a relationship by super serving their audience. Now, do you encourage clients that uh, say, for instance, they sell obviously they sell products that you encourage them to before, you know, before a relationship is started, I feel like the person, the podcaster or the host of the podcast really needs to have a good understanding has probably use that service to use the product and there's a truck because again there's that trust factor that you're building with your audience so are you know companies should they really before any type of business relationship begins i think the biggest selling point is to sell not only the audience but to sell the host first before they begin yeah. And, and let me tell you, so one thing I've found, and this is maybe where an agency such as mine really can be helpful, is that you want, you're absolutely right that you want to make sure the host has full buy-in and loves the product or service, feels it's a good fit for their audience. And, and here's the big parentheses to that. Uh, they feel this way, not just because they're good, they're potentially going to be paid to right. feel that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I have a pretty good uh, radar and pretty good relationship with a lot of the hosts that I work with to where they'll be very blunt with me and upfront with me and, and talk to me about how they feel about a product or service. Whereas with advertisers, it's kind of like, oh, hey, you want to give me money? Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course I love it. What you're doing is great. No, best I've ever used, you know? Um, and so this idea that you, that you want to do a bit of screening and leg work to make sure that the, the host is really on board with it and really believes in it. Um, you know, some networks are very, very picky. And those are the ones that I love to, you know, I love to work with, um, right. you know, when they're really picky and selective about their advertisers. But there are others out there in this business. And, you know, I won't name names, but there are others who, who have um, who have actually said this publicly, that they will literally advertise anything if somebody pays them to do so. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, and then they wonder why their podcast ads don't don't work so yep. as effective as others. But uh, yeah, they've actually the ones- put that out there to the public, and uh, that's that's crazy. I mean, it's um, it's not not smart. Even if they believe it, you know, it's 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 surprising they would say that. But yeah, I can see why. Yeah, and, and those are you know the the podcasts that I will not advertise on sure. unless it's absolutely a fantastic fit for the sponsor. And even then, I'm a bit nervous about it because it's you know who uh, who are my clients going to be alongside? You know, um, if I'm on a network like Twit, you know, my former company, uh, Twit is incredibly picky. If you've ever listened to Leo Laporte talk about it, you know, on uh, shows like This Week in Google and This Week in Tech, he talks a lot about how picky he is about you know products and services that he'll associate with the network. So I know. If if I place an advertiser on Twit, they're going to be in great company alongside other high quality advertisers. But um, there, there are some companies that you almost don't want to be alongside, you know, uh, by yeah. association. Right. You know? And I think that's just protecting your brand. So it's smart to, Absolutely. to do your research and know that you're working with a podcast that has an advertising history um, and that also really puts some thought into to who they expose their audience to. Absolutely. 
Now, your book, again, is coming out, uh, well, when this episode goes live, it's actually coming out the week of, this here in a few days. So, again, where can people find out? Uh, and, again, mention the title again and where people will be able to uh, to get a copy. So the book is called Podcast Advertising Works, How to Turn Engaged Audiences into Loyal Customers. And special offer for fans of the BIP podcast, you can get a copy for free by going to adopter.media slash BIB. Give us your email address. We'll send you a copy of the book. And we we sincerely value any feedback uh, that people have, any questions that people have sure. after reading it. Um, you know, what I do is, uh, you know, I speak with people about podcast advertising. Uh, that's how I spend the vast majority of my day. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I love educating people about it, which is a big part of the reason why I wrote this book. Of course, it'll also be available on Amazon and everywhere else that uh, ebooks are sold. Fantastic. Great resource for any business that is um, interested in advertising and um, interested in building that relationship. And if you want to learn more, too, about uh, getting in touch and really, you know, looking for the right media platform, uh, Glenn, I'd say your company is a good place to start. And if you could mention maybe the best place to contact you and to reach out to you and your company. Yeah. So you can check out our website at adopter.media and my email address. I encourage everyone just to feel free to reach out. Glenn at adopter.media.com. And uh, that's Glenn at adopter.media rather. And it's Glenn with two N's. Very good. Glenn, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing. Again, that is Glenn Rubenstein, the founder of Adopter Media. Uh, Glenn, it's been, uh, I, I really do appreciate your time today and really educating us as, uh, as entrepreneurs and also as podcasters. And um, I encourage people to find out more and we'll be posting a link on our show page uh, when this is published. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm.